Well, alrighty then. I guess we're working. Um, we are recording. We, that means me, Dr. Zom. Having a little drink of some tea. I just found a um, piece of baby spinach. <laughs> stuck to my chest. I was just eating some baby spinach and um, uh, with a little bit of uh, southwestern mustard and some ground chicken. And um, apparently one of those little babies jumped out of the crib and I did not realize it. And um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, it made me kind of feel like Captain Lou Albano when you think of Captain Lou sitting there with a you know, his big gut and potato chips all over him and, you know, because he was a slob, I guess. Poor Captain Lou. Uh, anyway, I always kind of liked Captain Lou a lot better when he was a, a villain than when he became a, a quote-unquote good guy with rubber bands in his cheeks or something. I don't know what the deal with that was. Burp! And then he latched on to, the, to Cindy Lauper and all, all went downhill. After that, all went uphill for the WWF, and all went downhill for Captain Lou, in my, in my opinion. So anyway, um, been on a little bit of a hiatus, and uh, as usual, as these solo episodes seem to, to happen, uh, it's my day off. It was uh, about 4 o'clock in the morning when I started this, had to reboot the old uh, desktop and uh, I was watching some TV, fell asleep till about 3 in the morning, and, you know, just one of those days. Kind of some, some shitty stuff today that I will not go into, but, uh, you know, had to do with women, <laughs> as shitty stuff often does. Um, but anyway, I watched a whole fucking shitload of movies, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this uh kind of solo episode uh, is um, I just feel like I've watched so many and I'm just falling behind and kind of want to talk about some of them. Some of them here uh, at the start because I made my uh, list from the oldest to the newest this time which is a, usually I fuck that up. Um, I may have a little bit of a difficulty remembering everything about it, but uh, we're going to we're gonna. What do you call it when you put your galoshes on and and uh, and you you slog through the uh, it's like mud, mud, poop, like whatever. Anyway, first thing that I watched, and uh, you know, let's see here. We got the IMDb up. Yes, we do. Everything appears to be working. Want to make sure it is before I get going. Um. Hmm. Nineteen sixty ones. Blast of Silence. Okay, now this is a uh, one that I had seen before, and I really like because it's kind of a um, an indie movie, all the way back to the 1960s, 1961, and it's a uh, a film noir. And uh, I think I, you know maybe a long time ago because Jesus Christ, we've done so many fucking episodes. I probably have mentioned this one, but didn't talk about it too much or anything. And probably that's what it's going to be today too. Um, uh, this guy Alan Barron, he kind of came up with this idea, and he wrote and directed and starred in it and everything. And it's a film noir. Um, 
a hard-hitting, I was going to say P.I., but he's not a P.I., he's a hitman. And um, he gets a contract to, uh, how, how do they say in the, uh, the vernacular of, of that job, to rub out somebody. And it kind of goes to the, uh, you know, what he does to do that, like go and, you know, per, well, go and meet the guy and set up the contract and who, how he's going to get paid and everything. And then he has to go, he has to go buy um, wait, uh, a rod, a rod. That sounds like something on a cruising. But anyway, he has to go buy a gun uh, from some, and he moves in some really sleazy, scummy. Um, crowds, I guess, you know, uh, which uh, somebody in that line of business would often do. But one of the best things about this movie, it's a, it's a good story because like I said, it is it is a, a you know, kind of a, a gritty uh, double tough uh, film noir movie, but one of the things that I like the most about it is, is you get to see all over New York in 1961. And you get to see, you know, people walking around, how they dress, which is really cool, with overcoats and, and you know, uh, fedoras. And and um, just the, the – um, the it, it takes place, like, I think around Christmas time or something. And, and people walking by the, the shops uh, in the evening, uh, they're shopping or just, you know – going home or whatever and it's it's just a totally different time than what than what we have now and um there's some really shitty lounge singing in this um there is some of the shittiest lounge singing i've heard and and bill murray on saturday night live when he parodied lounge singers sounded fucking great compared to this guy and i don't know who the fuck he is for all for from from the looks of how this movie was made it's probably alan Barron probably wrote the song and and <laughs> did it too <laughs> but it's a good one you know, if you get a chance check it out if you haven't seen it i think a lot of a lot of our crowd has probably seen it because we're all film buff slash geeks slash whatever you know we don't want to offend anybody by saying the wrong thing Okay, the next thing I watched was, oh man, 2016's Rupture. Now, it it rates a 4.8 on IMDb, and yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Maybe a little bit less. Uh, and with the cast, I I was really surprised because it's got uh, Numi Rapace, who I like from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and a few other things, and Peter Stormare. And also Michael Chiklis, who played Benjamin J. Grimm in the uh, Fantastic Four movies, and he was on the, sh- the the lead on the Shield. But this one, uh, when I saw the trailer for it, I thought, you know, okay, what's this going to be? You know, this looks kind of um, where a woman's, you know, pulled over on the side of the road with a flat tire or something, and these guys stop to help her, and you know, it looks like things are going to go really be bad for her I uh, didn't know what to expect this reminded me of something else as far as what they're doing oh well another movie that I watched this time which we'll talk about later Deadpool um, she gets kidnapped by some nefarious people at first you think oh god is this going to be one of those slasher or some kind of a rape movie or something like that and as it gets into it it's a it's a little bit it's a lot more complicated than that um but it's kind of a horror sci-fi movie, and I just did not dig it. You know, I don't know what it was. I, it just 
like I said, there's a this. <laughs> if you had to have a companion piece with a movie that's a lot better and more, you know, has a has has more of a uh, a fun and funny side to it, uh, is Deadpool. So you know, I don't recommend this one. Like I said, I mean, you know, some some people might like it. I did not. And the next one that I watched, I found some movies on YouTube. It seems like they're putting more and more full-length features on YouTube that are not distorted to beat the um, uh, algorithm or whatever they use to 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 catch people with copyright violations. I think some of these companies are actually putting allowing some of these older movies to be put on. I'm, I'm adjusting my pillow on my chair. I have a pillow on my computer chair to, to uh, support my f- ever-failing and shifting back. Um, but some of these movies are actually really good. Uh, I got into, uh, I, I don't know if it was because it was like Veterans Day or something. There was a whole shitload of uh, old war movies on there. And this one, uh, first one was 1943's Crash Dive. And it was uh, directed by Archie Mayo. And it uh, stars Tyrone Power and Ann Baxter and Dana Andrews. Now, when I saw this, I thought, okay, you know, submarine movie, Crash Dive. And, uh, you know, it's going to be... Uh, if you watch enough submarine movies, there's a lot of the same stuff that they do where, like, a the sub gets hit and they have to shoot uh, all the clothes and everything that's not tied down up the uh, the uh, torpedo um, chute or whatever the hell you call it uh, to make the people up on top think that they, that it, it was hit and people were they were all killed. And... Uh, <clears throat> Of course, when they start taking on water and they and and the the, the uh, submarine starts to sink and oh we can only go so far you know to build up the suspense or or we'll be crushed by the pressure of the water and they have to shut off one of the one of the sections of the sub while men are still in there trying to stop the the leak uh, and you know the guy has to watch them knowing that they're gonna drown and everything but this is nothing like that. <laughs> This takes place, of course, you know, on a submarine and everything, but for the most part, I guess you could kind of tell that I'm still waking up. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm starved for oxygen. Maybe there's, maybe we're taking on water here. But anyway, um, this one is more of kind of like a melodrama where it's uh, the guys, it's after, it, it takes place right at the end of World War II, and then afterwards, um, and... Um, some of the lads and some of the ladies that they meet and uh maybe a little bit of a, a love triangle and baxter was pretty hot um but uh this was actually pretty good i i enjoyed it it wasn't what i expected though uh, you know like i said it's it's more uh kind of uh what what i guess crash dive means you know i don't know crash diving on ann baxter's whatever anyway <laughs> dig it Alrighty, I'm going to move on. I don't want to get too much into the gray area, uh, which we'll be covering here in a little bit. Um, and get down and dirty, daddy. Um, the next thing I watched was another one of those uh, movies on YouTube that you can find for free. Uh, 1950s American Gorilla in the Philippines. And this is not about, uh, you know, uh, Gorilla Man Hale from the uh, fucking... Uh, Agents of Atlas or whatever comic. That's a reference that some of you comics people will will dig. Yeah. Um, 
This one also stars Tyrone Power, but it's directed by Fritz Lang, or Fritz Long, uh, however you want to pronounce it, um, which is kind of cool because he is a very uh, influential and famous director from Germany. Um, I like this one. Um, I'll tell you what, people. You know, you hear the name Tyrone Power, and he was around for a long, long time, and, you know, very famous uh, movie star and everything. Um... Now, I think I've seen, like, Witness for the Prosecution, uh, the one, you know, I think we were just talking about uh, before, and my scan completed on my malware bites and everything's cool. Um, but to be honest with you, he doesn't, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't think he has, I guess he just doesn't work for me, you know, the looks and the charisma and everything, he just seems kind of, I don't know, not that great. And uh, that sort of affects the you know, because when I, I before I had seen any movies with Tyrone Power, I had always heard you know this great movie star of that time, and he was one of the top guys and everything. And even you know the first time I saw him, I was like, okay, well you know he wasn't all that great. He just, but like I said, maybe he just doesn't work for me. It's subjective. Uh, this takes place at um, in World War Two. Um, they're in uh, you know on the uh, Philippine Islands and uh, the Japs or I'm sorry, the Japanese, you watch enough of these movies and you hear Japs and stuff like that all the time. But, um, um, they have pretty much are going to take over, you know, the Philippines and, and, um, uh, they, you either get the order, you can either surrender or, you know, I guess go out in the jungle and try and do, what do they call it? A force multiplier, they call it now, where, you know, a train guy goes out in the jungle and gets some of the people together and becomes a gorilla. We'll be covering some stuff about that later, too, with a documentary I watched on how to do some of that stuff. Uh, this was pretty good. It, it, you know, like I said, it, uh, Tyrone Power just kind of, I don't know. He's, he's uh, I wouldn't say he was a B. I mean, it's not up to me to decide whether he was a B rated actor or whatever. He's not a bad actor, but he just doesn't have the charisma that some of the other guys of the time did that uh, were really big, but some people must have really liked him because he was a uh, he was a stud or, you know, whatever. People really thought he was the shit. Uh, next thing I watched, another one of those uh, World War II movies. Now, this one is uh, 1943. This actually took place during World War II <laughs> before it was over. Uh, it's called Destroyer. And uh, it stars Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley. No, wait a minute. What the hell? Okay, no, wait a minute. Okay, this is 1943's Destroyer, uh, directed by William A. Siter and Ray Enright, who was uncredited until now, uh, and written by Frank, let's see, uh, Frank Weed, uh, and screenplay Louis Meltzer. I don't know if he's related to Uncle Dave. But it stars um, uh, Edward G. Robinson, and Glenn Ford, and I got on a on a Glenn Ford kick simply because I was reading some stuff about him and watched a a kind of like whatever happened to Glenn Ford thing on YouTube got me interested in him. And one of the things that got me interested in watching some of his movies because I had seen you know some of them was they said that like one time you know for like a couple of years he was the uh, biggest star in Hollywood, like the highest paid male actor and the biggest star most sought after and everything and I thought wow you know I've seen Glenn Ford and some stuff and you know I'm I, I surprised uh, I think uh, it, a lot of that came off of 
him playing in the movie Gilda, which was this huge hit. Like, you know, I guess you, I, I, I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but like how Pretty Woman was a huge hit with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. Uh, you know, this mega smash hit that propelled Julia Roberts to, you know, stardom. And, and uh, the, I think it was probably sort of like that, you know, not the story, but actually, you know, just how it, how it took place. And Glenn Ford really got big after that. Um, Edward G. Robinson, I love watching him in, in movies. Um, in this movie, he actually is on a, um, a ship at one time. And then I think like in World War One, and then he after World War One he, you know of course is older and he's a steel worker like building uh, skyscrapers and stuff, and um, or not not skyscraper I'm sorry uh, he's actually building uh, ships for the U.S. Navy, and then we get into um, World War Two, and he um, wants to get back into it he he he's the guy that really takes you know takes pride in his work as a steel worker and um and a shipbuilder and so you know the ship that he's working on he actually wants to get you know on that one and and um and and get back uh, as a non-commissioned officer i guess and on on the ship uh like a chief uh whatever i don't know what they would call him then and um it kind of has like a, I don't know, not sort of like a fish out of water thing because it goes through um, how he wants to do everything because he was a veteran and knew like how to do all this stuff. But then he kind of is a little bit of a fish out of water because things have changed so much. And then Glenn Ford is a young uh, guy on the ship that is. Uh, was supposed to get the same position that he got, but through kind of a little bit of nepotism, by knowing the captain of the ship, he gets uh, Edward G. Robinson gets on the ship, so they kind of butt heads, and then you throw in Edward G. Robinson's daughter, who is uh, Marguerite Chapman, who Glenn Ford kind of takes a liking to, and it, it you know it's pretty good. It's like I said, it's just like the other one where you kind of have a a, um, a, a lot of stuff outside of uh, the ship and outside of the battle field and everything between um, Glenn Ford and Edward G. Robinson's daughter, like a love story. And that's one thing when I was watching this and then watching the other one uh, with Tyrone Power, um, uh, some of these movies back then, they they kind of gave you something for everybody so that, like, okay, um, like, say, John Wick, part two. Okay, you go. You want to. You're. You got a girlfriend, or you're married, or whatever, and you want to go see John Wick Part Two. And she's like, you know, well, I'm going to go see, you know, whatever with Jennifer Aniston. And I'm not stereo trying not to stereotype because I know there's people, who are, you know, uh, some women that do like action movies and stuff. But um, back then, they even with a war movie, they would put in say like even from from here to eternity with Burt Lancaster, Montgomery Cliff, Frank Sinatra, and everything. They throw in a love story so that, you know, when you went, uh, it wasn't just you sitting there with a heart on because, uh, you know, John Wick was, you know, destroying people and shooting off thousands of rounds of ammo and kung fuing people. Uh, you know, he was also romancing and in love with, which he wasn't in that movie, but what I'm saying is like in these movies, they would throw in a, a really nice and, you know, good love story to keep 
to draw the the ladies to the theater too and you know so they yeah, it probably worked out pretty well that back then not to insult john wick because i don't want to get banned uh let's see here 1951's submarine command this is another one of those youtube movies um directed by john farrow Jonathan Latimer uh, wrote the story and the screenplay, and this stars William Holden, which is what uh, drew me to this. I really like William Holden. Um, like, you know, when I was talking about Tyrone Power, William Holden is a guy that, I mean, he just works for me. His charisma, looks, his acting ability, and everything, you know, and, and I was like, you know, I've never heard of this. So I, if it's got William Holden in it, usually, it, you know, it's going to be pretty good. And, and he was pretty young in this. Um, this is one of those deals that kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Run Silent, Run Deep, where a, um, a younger guy gets put in command of a ship or a submarine or something like that. And something has happened before he gets put in charge because something happened to the old captain or whatever. And uh, some of the guys on the ship are like, you know, who the fuck's this asshole think he is, you know? Or, you know, they they kind of reject him and and he kind of has to prove himself. William Bendix is like one of the main guys in this that uh, is like a a non-commissioned officer on the sub that doesn't take a liking to William Holden uh, and uh, once and, and kind of I, I don't know uh, kind of is like a, a burr in, in under his saddle and William Holden he doesn't he doesn't uh, go out of his way to try and win him over because he is just you know wanting to do his job and 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 do it the right way and everything and and this guy's just kind of an asshole but william bendix i've seen him in a ton of stuff you know uh he was always the guy the big burly guy kind of almost like a victor mclaughlin kind of a character who would uh you know play the the big burly you know uh guy boxer wrestler you know, Poncho Villa or something like that. But anyway, this was a good one. I really liked it. The USS Tiger Shark, which I believe that was the name of the of the uh, um, sub in Operation Petticoat with uh, Cary Grant and uh, Tony Curtis. I may be wrong about that, but that was the pink submarine. They didn't have a they didn't have, they they put primer or whatever on the on the sub because they were painting it and they got attacked so they had to 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 uh, dive and uh, before they could paint it gray and the primer was like a pink color so they had a pink submarine. That was a funny movie. It had some hot chicks in it too because they had these nurses and stuff that were on the on the sub. Good movie. I didn't even watch that and I'm talking about it. Wee <laughs> Next thing I watched is The Big Heat. This is another one of the of the Glenn Ford uh, movies that I was looking into, and another Fritz Lang movie, written uh, by uh, the screenplay was written by Sidney Bohm, and uh, I guess the uh, Saturday Evening Post uh, serial that this is based on was written by William P. McGivern. This is a really good one. Um, this is uh, sort of reminds me of like a Mike Ham- the Mike Hammer movie that we uh, that we um, reviewed, and I cannot remember what the name of it was. But this is the Big Heat with Glenn Ford, Gloria Graham, Josh Jocelyn Brando, who is Marlon Brando's sister, if I remember correctly. Lee Marvin is in this, and oh, what a fucking piece of shit he plays in this. <laughs> I'd never seen this one before, but it's really good. This is. Um, 
one of those two-fisted noirs that I was talking about where the, the hero is uh, this guy with uh, dynamite in his fist that takes no shit. Uh, and uh, in this one, um, Glenn Ford is a, a, a police detective to start with and then later becomes a, a P.I. It's got some hot dames in it, you know, uh, what, do they, what do they fucking call those goddamn uh, femme fatales? <laughs> Them femme fatales? And I'm telling you what, people, Lee Marvin is a piece of shit. And, um, oh, oh my God, he is, I'm just remembering stuff that he does in this movie. What a fucking jerk. Um, it's basically Glenn Ford, the police detective, and he is going up against uh, a very corrupt system. And again, because I watch so many goddamn movies, this one will tie into another thing that I watched that is coming up. That's a t- that's what we call a teaser in the in the business. <laughs> watch the Big Heat, 1953. That's a good one. Uh, next Glenn Ford movie I watched was an Anthony Mann directed movie, um, written by. Well, the novel was written by Edna Ferber and the screenplay by Arnold Schulman. Uh, it's called Cimarron. Uh, Glenn Ford, Maria Schell, and Ann Baxter. Got a lot of people in it that you'll uh, know, uh, that you'll maybe know the faces. Russ Tamblin, Vic Morrow's in it. Uh, Harry Morgan from, like, MASH and a whole bunch of other shit. Um, I, my chair is squeaking. I don't know if you can hear that. That's not me uh, yanking my wanky to Ann Baxter. Uh, but anyway, um, I saw the poster to this, and I was like, man, this looks this looks really good. I've never, never heard of this, never seen it. I guess it's a remake. The uh, original one, I believe, won an Oscar way back in the 30s. Uh, so they remade this, and it wasn't what I expected. Uh, this is kind of this well not kind of like it's it is an epic uh it's based on this novel and um it's kind of like how the west was won or gone with the wind or one of these movies that's a it's it's a a two two and a half hour long movie and it uh starts out and this is a big uh famous scene uh, i guess in the original and in this one um where they open up the west to um, settlers and they have them all lined like the army has them all lined up it's almost like a big race where these people are lined up in their wagons and on their horses and everything for miles uh, in, in like a line and then at a certain time during the day the, the, the soldiers blow their trumpet and they can all just take off as fast as they can and go make a claim on parcels of land they have to go out there and find a place that they like and put up their you know their stakes or whatever and and then that's their you know this is my land or whatever i guess they i don't know if they pay for it to start with how many sections or whatever and um it starts out and glenn ford and his family are there and he's he's um he has a past he's kind of known as being a you know uh, uh again a kind of a tough guy who uh was kind of wild and could shoot and everything and um, that the first big scene, I mean, it's like I said, uh, as far as stuntmen, there's all kinds of stunts where they, they all take off in wagons, hitting bumps and just the, the whole axle falling off and people getting falling off their horses and getting drug or, you know, wagons tipping over and everything. But the movie goes on for a long time. It goes through, uh, uh, I wouldn't say generations, but it's the, you know, the life of uh, Glenn Ford and his family. It kind of reminds me of... Uh, 
uh, the TV show Centennial, but that actually did, or the miniseries, but that actually did go through generations. This is just through Glenn Ford's life from the time where him and his family go to get their land, then when they have their land, and then all the stuff they go through as they uh, they the they build a, uh, a town is built up uh, around the uh, all the the settlers and everything, and it's it's good, but it's long and it's not great. Um, I know that when I read some of the stuff about it, they said they kind of, uh, they kind of, it was kind of a little bit of a miss on this as compared to the original. Um, Glenn Ford's really good in it. Um, his character, you know, he's likable, but he's one of these guys that is, in some ways, as far as being a family man goes, it's. It's weird because you really like him and he is a hero, but he's kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> he's not one to be tied down, you see, daddy. Anyway, let's move on or we'll give too much away on that one. I'm actually remembering some of this stuff. Okay. Now, these two, I put them out of order, so I'm going to go with uh, not the one that just came up, but the first one uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, People, I've, I finally decided to watch this. I, you know, I had heard so much about it. I never read the book. Didn't know anything. I just knew that it was supposed to be really a steamy, hot, you know, uh, novel that all these women were, you know, getting wet in their panties for and wanting guys to smack their ass and choke them and pull their hair and yada, 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 all the stuff that goes with the BDSM stuff. Um, kind of it was a risque novel because it got mainstream and it does have a uh, BDSM uh, story, you know, it's that that's a big part of the story. Um, I put it off and put it off. I heard nothing good about the movie, and I heard a lot of people, like on Feminine Critique and some of the, you know people that we know, saying, you know, uh, some people said, okay, it's not, it's. No, they nowhere near as good as the book. Some people said the book wasn't even that good to start with. Um, I thought, you know, of course you're titillated a little bit and thought, okay, you know, is this going to be, you know, how how far are they going to go? Is this going to be wild, you know? But you know, the thing is, what's funny is when when um, you're still uh, your curiosity and, like I said, the the, the titillation of the, of uh, how it's marketed. It's funny because you can get online and watch actual B and D S and M, you know, videos of people doing all this stuff and everything. Um, but I guess that's pornography, and you know, this actually is, you know, mainstream. And uh, they wanted, I think, Charlie Hunnam, and I can't remember who the girl was that they were going to try and get to play this. But uh, you know, they Charlie Hunnam backed out of it, and it was probably I don't know if I should say it's a good thing or not. Um, probably because I don't think that they. The I don't I don't know if it, I, like the director and and the screen screenplay I just don't think is that good. Like I said, I don't know the source material, so I don't know how much they they really just kind of screwed the pooch. And uh, if somebody that was actually a lot better uh, made it with better actors, it, it may have been better. Um, it's kind of a piece of shit. Um, if you look, if you watch it expecting it to be like, oh, you know, I heard so much about it, it I it was it was a letdown, and that's not just that's not because of like the sex stuff. Um, the acting is pretty poor. Uh, the 
story is pretty stupid and poor and moron. I, I just thought it was kind of moronic. Um, I hope that the uh, book is better. Um, and when I say the acting is bad, I'll go into this a little bit more with, again, a teaser, something else that I watched recently with one of the actors, uh, that proved that, well, it's uh, Jamie um, Dornan. I'd never really heard of him before. Um, but in this, if I if I watch this movie, I would think, oh, God, this guy is fucking awful piece of wood dakota johnson is awful she's just fucking sucks (laughs) i mean okay i know she was supposed to be a um kind of a naive young girl young virgin and uh she falls into this world and you know it's like the uh the enlightenment of emily with Koo stark or something i don't know or the uh what was the one the story of O, which is probably a hundred times better than this even though it was a more of a low budget uh you know and more uh you know i don't know i don't want to say porn based because but anyway um I thought Dakota Johnson sucked. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't think she's that attractive. And uh, But not only that. It, but then again, I'll have to see her in something else. I will give her the same... Um, the same opportunity as this Jamie Dornan guy. Because, like I said, I haven't seen her that I know of in anything else other than the sequel to this, which I'll cover next. Uh, and she sucked in both of them. <laughs> And he sucked in both of them too, but I saw him in something else and I thought he was really good. So maybe in another movie she's good. Um, This movie, if you... Okay, now, another point that I wanted to make was if you watch this movie as a so-bad-it's-good movie and watch it like this is like a soap opera and it's fucking horrible, then you'll get a lot more out of it because it sucks. (laughs) Okay, the next thing I watched was Fifty Shades Darker from 2017. And uh, while Christian wrestles with his inner demons, Anastasia must confront the anger and envy of the woman who came before her. Okay, now Fifty Shades Darker, I get, uh, you know, from what you think, it's okay, it's going to be even worse. And I don't know if this one and the other one I watched, you know, sometimes when the movie... Kind of, and, and apparently it made money because, uh, of course, they tricked people into going to see this fucking first turd. So they made the second turd. Um, but I'm not sure if I watched ones that were like, uh, what do you call it, the director's cut or, you know, something that, that, that you didn't even see in the theater. It was It's more explicit. The, the, the things that they couldn't show in the theater. Because, you know, Dakota Johnson gets fucking really, really naked. Now, this Jamie... Dornan guy um, I will say this uh, when you watch American Gods as uh, I can't remember who it was said on the GG MTV uh, group American Gods they uh, somebody said they gave them respect because they showed equal amounts of male and female full frontal nudity um, in Fifty Shades of Grey and Fifty Shades Darker Dakota Johnson shows everything but her butthole, and Jamie Dornan uh, does not show his sack or his wang uh, that I could remember. It's one of those deals where they, like, 
he'll get on top of her and she'll pull his pants down so you can see his butt cheeks and you know the 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 thrusting butt cheeks. I'm not even sure if you see the thrusting butt cheeks. I don't think you sh- they showed the clinch. But um one thing about these two movies is like this guy's supposed to be, you know, in the, into uh he's like a sadist and he's into S&M and everything. And um I guess maybe it's because he's bringing her along, you know, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to give her the full meal deal to start with to scare the fucking scare her away. <laughs> but um, for the most part, you know, he'll put her in some kind of shackles or something like that, and then you know, like eat her out, <laughs> and then he just gets on top of her and screws her, you know. And I'm sorry, but you know, uh, the B and D S and M scene. Uh, that's not really what that is. And as you know, you'll talk to some people, and uh, you know. As far as like mistresses and uh, dominatrixes and stuff like that, I mean, there's no, you know, they, they, there's really no sex. I mean, like where, you know, they do this stuff and then screw. Uh, the scene is more like a domination and they deprive the guy or whatever, kick him in the nuts. I don't know. But anyway, this is more just uh, from what you see here is kind of like um, really, I guess it's whatever you want it to be and whatever you agree to. Uh, so, but this is really light stuff, except for, you know, a, a part where in the first one where she says, okay, uh, I'm going to let you one time show me what this is all about or whatever. And, um, but like I said, you know, as far as the sex goes, it's really not that great. I mean, you know, it's, I guess, Hollywood kind of shit where they can only show so much. And, and, uh, like I said, uh, I don't know. I it, this one was a turd too. This was probably an even bigger turd because it's it's the 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 storyline has or you know has a lot of plot holes and it's just stupid and um huh, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see Dakota Johnson just, you know, I don't know. I I I wanted to see her fucking <laughs> get the shit beat out of her. <laughs> And I don't mean in like a like a like a her get the shit beat out of her, like you know beat up or whatever. But I wanted to see her get like throttled pretty good. And um, you know this Jamie uh, Dornan guy who plays fucking uh, Christian Gray, you know he just a fucking uh, that character is just such a fucking douche. I don't know. He 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 just you know whatever. Yeah. And then Marcia Gay Harden is in this. I think she plays his mom in in both of these. And um, uh, she's like totally wasted. Kim Basinger's in this, and it would have been good if like Kim, if he would have like you know uh, had some action with hot milf, which goddamn she's probably a gilf now, Kim Basinger. But they kind of you know just kind of you know don't do anything with her at all either. Um, there was a one guy in here that I uh, maybe it's this Max Martini, the one guy that plays Christian Gray's driver who does absolutely nothing. I've seen him in. Um, that one fucking uh, kind of special forces movie that was on Cinemax with the American guy and the British guy, and they go in to stop like Al Qaeda and everything. I can't remember what it was called, but I think he was in that. But he doesn't do shit. They have other people in this, and they don't do anything. Christian Gray's a fucking douchebag, and fucking Dakota Fanning's a fucking snaggletooth geek. I don't like her at all. I mean, if she would have been, like, if it would have been, like, behind the green door with Marilyn Chambers, I wouldn't have really cared that much about her looks if they would have just done some stuff, you know. (laughs) But she's just a fucking 
pain in the ass. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna go with Christian Grey and you're gonna get into the scene, then fucking do the shit. Don't fucking be a, you know, like I said, burr under the saddle and then you know, eh, whiny bitch, you know, whatever. Anyway, I'm kind of fucking going off on the tirade. Anyway, so I'm sure she's a nice girl. <laughs> Next thing I watched was 2008 Street Kings. Uh, this stars um, oh Cedric the Entertainer. You know, he's in it anyway. Uh, no, anyway, this is a David Ayer movie, and I, I like this. This is one that I wanted to revisit. I hadn't seen it in a while because it's in a it's fucking boxed up in the basement in no order, so I probably couldn't find it. So I just went ahead and rented it. Um, this is based on uh, James uh, Elroy screenplay. And it stars Keanu Reeves, Forrest Whitaker, Hugh Laurie. Also has uh, John Corbett, who's from West Virginia, my home. Uh, Common is in this. Man, he seems to be in a lot of stuff. And I will say this about Common. He is also in a movie that's coming up, another teaser. Uh, but he is way better than DMX. <laughs> I don't know what, what that is. We were talking about that at work the other day, and somebody asked me, you know, uh, you know how... how common was in this and i said let me tell you something as far as uh i don't he's more of like a spoken word poetry guy i think um i i have very you know limited knowledge about common other than he said something that made like george bush and the christian right or something like that go nuts a while back i don't know but he was he's not bad and he's in a lot of stuff he's he's got some charisma and got some talent terry cruz is also in this and uh captain america chris evans who plays uh detective disco paul discant um i really like this i think maybe because i watched john wick 2 i thought you know hey man i keanu i liked him in street kings it's got some gunplay and one of those deals where you know keanu is really famous on um YouTube where they show the clips from John Wick or Street Kings or John Wick 2 where he goes and practices, uh, they show him training for the movie, learning jujitsu or learning how to take apart a Colt 1911 and put it back together blindfolded and go through the fucking shooting, you know, uh, obstacle course or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, I like this one. Good, uh, good cop movie. Hugh Laurie is really good in it. Forrest Whitaker's in it. He's pretty good as, uh, John, or John Wick. Jesus Christ. What the fuck is, uh, Detective Tom Ludlow? Um, this has a lot of corruption in it and, uh, Ludlow is one of those guys that he's, uh, sort of like a dirty hairy cop but he's I don't know if I would say he's corrupt but he sure as shit is in with all the fucking the bad cops and then some stuff goes down and he wants to he sort of starts becoming the the badass motherfucker on the side of good which I think he sort of is the whole time even when he's with the working with the bad cops but they kind of use him they like a weapon they have him they manipulate him into taking, to, 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 as Elvis would say, TCB, take care of business. But this is a real good one, Street Kings 2008. Check that one out if you haven't. Uh, another one, god damn man, we got a lot of movies here. I'm not even fucking a quarter of the way through this list, so this is going to be a long uh, uh, fucking solo show. 310 to Yuma from 1957, uh, directed by Delmer Daves. Or, um, written by Halstead Wells. Uh, the story is an Elmore Leonard story. Uh, uh, Halstead Wells does the screenplay. And this is another Glenn Ford movie that I wanted to check out. Also stars Glenn, or I'm sorry, 
<laughs> Van Heflin um, and uh, Felicia Farr. Uh, I really like this. Richard Jekyll is in it too. I, I, he's been in so many things. Um, sometimes a great notion. Uh, oh, Walking Tall Part Two. I'm just trying to come up with movies that I've seen. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Dirty Dozen. Uh, Richard Jekyll is always good. Um, uh, some of you may have seen the uh, remake of this with Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Took me a second to remember his pumpkin head and belly. Well, his belly is probably more like a sack of wheat under his shirt and his head is pumpkinish with a beard and a mole he has a mole between his uh, eyebrows i think that he's like one of those guys uh there's somebody else that has a mole like that that's very distracting christian bale has a mole i think that's kind of distracting and robert redford had like two or three of them on his cheek that were distracting so some of those moles you know some of those guys they probably should have got rid of some of those moles they're distracting um but anyway, 310 what the fuck is that all about? 310 to Yuma, this is really good. Uh, this, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I enjoy it even more. than I, I, I like the remake, uh, but nowhere near as much as I like this one. Van Heflin is always good uh, in just about everything I see him in. Uh, he was excellent in Shane. He kind of plays a similar type character in this, uh, uh, where he, you know, he... If you were now, you know, Van Heflin died really young. I think he was only like maybe like fifty six. I don't even think he was sixty. Had a heart attack and died. But uh, if if by going by the movies, which you can't, he might have been the biggest piece of shit on the planet Earth. Um, but like you, if you wanted somebody to be your dad, like uh, uh, Van Heflin and Shane, or you know, um, in this one, he's a little bit more. Um, he gets a little, uh, I think, you know, it, they show uh, some of his flaws because he's a little bit, you know, insecure as far as, you know, he doesn't want his sons to think that he's a coward or whatever. But Glenn Ford is excellent in this. Um, he is the character of Ben Wade, who is the villain, uh, that um, the hero, Dan Evans, uh, has to take to this train to get him to take him to prison. Um, has to be a really charismatic guy, and when I say charismatic, I mean you can have a guy that's a, a a really a really nasty bad guy who has charisma, but Ben Wade the character has to be played by a guy that is likable. He's a bad guy, but he's likable because he kind of has to be the guy that you know, almost like Butch Cassidy, like a uh, Paul Newman and Butch Cassidy. Or maybe even the real Butch Cassidy, because to be a leader, you know, you can either be a total asshole that everybody's afraid of, but more than likely somebody will end up shooting you. But if you're kind of like that likable uh, uh, rogue kind of a guy that every, that even the, the bad guys and even the good guys kind of like, uh, that's kind of the way Ben Wade is, and and he's really good in this. I liked it. I like, this is a real good movie. Uh, so I know some of you because when I posted this said that they hadn't seen it. This is one to rent and check out or get through other means. I'm going to start motoring a little bit faster here because Jesus Christ, I'll be on here forever. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's get back to it. I just wanted to check the time on that one. Uh, 1952's Flat Top, directed by Leslie Selander, uh, written by Steve uh, Fisher, and this stars uh, one of my favorites, Sterling Hayden. Um, this one is about um, aircraft carriers. World War II movie uh, 
um, takes place not too long after World War II, so you know you still have a lot of good footage and access to you know some of the aircraft carriers and stuff like that. Um, and this one is after World War II. Um, they show um, one of the interesting things is that amazed me was like how these jets, these early jet fighters, and they land on these um, um, aircraft carriers. How they um, I mean, they just stop almost on a dime with those like big rubber band things. <laughs> they have that hook that catches those rubber band things or whatever the hell they are, and and the thing just almost comes to. They're coming in a who knows how fast, how many, you know, hundred miles an hundred miles an hour or whatever, and they catch that thing and it just almost just stops them immediately. It's really cool. I like this. I like Sterling Hayden. Um, some of these old war movies are, you know, I I know that some of them are propaganda and some of them are definitely more propaganda than others um you know a lot of the times back in in the day with some, these movies and with some of the modern ones they have when they have uh the full participation of the american armed forces you know they're not going to go too far out there as far as being uh you know saying hey you know maybe we shouldn't have been doing this or that uh, this doesn't have anything to do with that. This is this one's a pretty good one. Sterling Hayden, uh, again, he's the kind of hard ass captain that comes aboard the ship, uh, and um, they're they're bringing in the new. Well, they show like you know before before and his kind of to give him his um, his credentials, and then he gets to be the captain of this ship, and he comes aboard, and he is kind of like a hard guy. And the other guys are like, well, wait a minute, so-and-so, you know. It's like they have a guy that's kind of like Maverick from uh, Top Gun, and Sterling Hayden's like, listen, uh, you know, okay, you're not flying anymore. You're, 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 uh, we don't, you know, this is a team thing, and people get killed when you don't go by the way things are supposed to be done, and this guy's a hot dog. But it's a, it's a good one. It's on uh, YouTube also in full. Next thing I watched was a little bit different, uh, a different take, not a different take, but a different kind of movie. 1974 Street Fighter or Getutsu, Getotsu, uh, Satsunjin Ken. And this was directed by Singahiro Ozawa. Uh, the English version was written by Steve Autry. Uh, the screenplay was written by Koji Takada, and this stars Shinichi Chiba, Etsuko Shiomi, Giochi Yamada, and of course uh, Shinichi uh, Chiba is Sunny Chiba, aka Chibber, as we pronounce it on this show, Sunny Chibber. Um, this is a good one. This is a classic. Um, talk about a uh, what do you call it? Anti-hero? <laughs> oh my god. Terry Sorugi. Or, well, I guess they put the Terry on there for the English version, but he is uh, Takuma Sorugi. Uh, is Sunny Chiba. And he is a badass motherfucker as Christian, or what, not Christian, what the fuck's that motherfucker's name? Christian Slater, yes, his name is Christian. He said that in that movie with the girl that tasted, that's tits tasted like a peach. <laughs> Dennis Hopper, what the hell is that movie called? I don't know. Um, Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken, 
Brad Pitt. I can't remember the name of it. I just thought it maybe it would come to me, but it, it's not. Um, anyway, uh, James Gandolfini's in that too. Uh, big titties. Um, Street Fighter is a good movie. Good uh, karate movie. It's, it's it's very gritty. It's not as uh, polished as say like Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Sonny Chiba has his own style where he makes these faces like these ugly like um, I don't even know how to put it like these faces he makes like when you're a little kid and you make ugly faces in the mirror. That's the kind of faces he makes when he's doing his kung fu, uh, karate kung fu, gung fu, whatever the fuck his style is. I don't know, um, but he's a badass and um, he kind of gets involved with some shady shit uh, with a Yakuza and there's like a a chick that and her brother that want to kill him and then there's this kind of little short ball headed older uh, fat um, karate guy who has a dojo and they throw down and chibber like he um, I don't know how uh, he's just a He's not your average hero. I mean, he's the kind of guy that'll rip your nuts off. <laughs> Literally pull your cock off and hold it in his hand. So anyway, but I, you know, like I said, most of the uh, the uh, silver and gold fans will know Street the Street Fighter. Uh, this is an excellent one. I meant to watch some other Street Fighter movies after this, but I got sidetracked, as you will see. Street Fighter is a good movie, and Sonny Chipper is going to be in Louisville, Kentucky at the end of this month. It, Like I said, on, on the group, uh, what was it? Uh, not Fantastic Fest. Uh, fan, fantasy, I can't remember what the fuck the damn show is called. But it's in Louisville, so you can look it up or you can look it up on our group. It's in Louisville at the end of this month. Sonny Cheap is going to be there. And like I said, um, I think he's about like 83 fucking years old or something. So this may be the only chance that you get if you are a true Sonny Chiba fan to to get his autograph and to shake hands with the man. So you might want to give that a shot. I think Samurai said he is going to be there. I know Ken mentioned it. I don't know if he's going to be there. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, it'd be a cool thing. It's a long way for me, so uh, we'll see. Uh, Next thing I watched was 2016's The Assignment. Now, I... What the hell? I think my toilet's running. Either that or there's a ghost in there taking a shit. Um... I did not know. Okay, this stars Sigourney Weaver and well Michelle Rodriguez and Sigourney Weaver. Michelle Rodriguez is the main person. Anthony LaPaglia. Um, but I did not know, even when watching this or seeing the trailer or anything, that this was written and directed by Walter Hill. Well, Walter Hill wrote the screenplay. Dennis Hamill. Um, let's see. Well, he says screenplay too, but I think this is based on a graphic novel. Um, I did not know what it was about. Uh, was shocked and surprised at what it's about and the content. It. Um, I don't want to give anything away because it's very odd and it was definitely uh, weird and surprising. So I'll just tell you that. I don't think it was that great, but it definitely, the subject matter, I have never... Well, I don't know if I should say I have never seen it before or not because it kind of reminded me of a, um, was it Almodovar? <laughs> Is it Pedro? What the fuck's that guy's name that that low fly? <laughs> yeah, 
Yes, Pedro Almodovar. I got it right. I'm not fucking, but there's, there's. Uh, I, I don't want to say that it would be a companion piece to one of his movies, but his movies are really good. Walter Hill's movies are good too, but this one is just not great. But it's worth a watch. Uh, last time I committed suicide from 1997. Uh, this is directed by Stephen K. Um, the writers are Neil Cassidy. Uh, he actually wrote this famous letter uh, to uh, Jack Kerouac, and that's what this uh, movie is based on. Gretchen Maul is in this. She's always fucking kind of hot, and she plays a um, like a 15-year-old girl that Neil Cassidy was stooping, uh, which again was against the law even then. Um, this stars Thomas Jane and Keanu Reeves. One of the reasons I wanted to watch this is I uh, really got into... Uh, there was a documentary I picked up at a flea market, I think, in Indianapolis called uh, What Happened to Kerouac, which is a great documentary about Jack Kerouac. Uh talks to a lot of the people that uh, knew him, including his daughter and uh, oh, a whole shitload of people. Um my thing about these movies, about these beat writers, um, they are interesting. It, it's almost like uh, I was mentioning this to somebody else this week. Uh, it's almost like I, I never was into hip hop music, but I, when there would be a documentary on about, say, like uh, Biggie Smalls or Tupac or somebody like that, uh, I I was more interested in their life. Um, it's almost like when when you watch sport or you read a lot about like guys that play like professional football or hockey or you know something like that or pro boxers and you get into you know just their life story or you know what kind of people these people are uh, this culture uh, that's sort of how I am with these beat writers the movies I have seen so far with the exception of documentaries aren't that great um, I watch them because I'm interested and I, I think that uh, people that don't know anything about these people probably won't think the movies are that good. And I think there's a flaw in some of them um, where they try to... They try and put too much of their poetry into their the actual movie instead of just showing how they were as people their relationships and stuff like that because they were interesting characters they'll have like a um, a voiceover of some somebody who's supposed to be um uh, furling getty or um fucking kerouac or whoever um reading like a, a part of a poem like from on the or not a part of a poem but like on the road was more like a you know just like a fucking long story where he uh is this character and and it has parts of his experiences in life but what is real and what is not real and yada 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 neil cassidy is an interesting character i saw one movie with uh him and uh with uh nick nolte as neil cassidy and uh i think john heard john hurt not there's john hurd and john hurd uh, it's the american guy <laughs> one uh uh it was all right like i said it was not that great and i know uh nick nolte said that some of the people that actually were around said that they didn't like it that much but they were doing their interpretation or whatever and then there's like a some like i mean characters like allen ginsburg and um 
Oh, shit. There was a movie with the guy that's going to be in... Um, I'm losing my fucking mind here. Oh, what's that fucker's name? That new sci-fi movie that's got the girl that was in... Um, Suicide Squad. Let me look it up. Suicide Squad. Enchantress, what is your name? i got to find her first. This is what they call um, trying to stop dead air. Now that girl was in the goddamn fucking movie and she's not even on the first fucking page, of course. So now I have to go to full cast, find this fucking rant, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Skadoop. Amanda Waller. I did watch, uh, so I can actually, while I'm looking this up, I can actually talk about, uh, okay, June Moon. Okay. Um, the chick that was in, that played June Moon, Cara Delavigne, who has the famous eyebrows, uh, is going to be in the new Valerian movie. And in Valerian, the guy that is her, I guess, love interest, who looks like her fucking brother, his name is Dane Dehan. He was in a, also in a movie about the beat writers and everything, and it was uh, actually about a murder that occurred. He also played James Dean in the movie uh, Life, which I have not finished. I've started watching it and put it off to the side. Did not finish it. But anyway, that was that one was a pretty good one. Um, was that Jack and Diane? I can't remember what the goddamn name of it was, though. <laughs> I'm going off on a tangent here, but I, need to, I, I wanted to tell you the name of this movie because it was actually pretty good. Um, there was a story, or not a story, it was actually a, a true story, um, where Killing Your Darlings, Lucian Carr, um, the Jack Kerouac and these guys, you know, of course, Ginsburg and all these guys kind of hung around together. And uh, this Lucian Carr was one of the guys that was, you know, that was in their group. And um, he uh, killed somebody. And they helped him kind of cover it up. And uh, the guy that plays Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, is also in this. I think he plays Allen Ginsberg. That's a good. That's a pretty good one from 2013. But let's get back on track here, motherfucker. This one, uh, the last time I committed suicide, is pretty good. It's not bad. Um, I thought at first when I saw Keanu Reeves in this, I thought he was playing Jack Kerouac, but he does not. Uh, I think he could have. I mean, he looks pretty good in this. You know, Jack Kerouac was a very handsome guy, uh, a rugged, like kind of sports handsome guy. He played football and stuff in college. Um, but this one is, it's all right. I, like I said, I think this is kind of, uh, if, if you get into the, the, that time period and those people, you'll enjoy it a lot more. If not, even I didn't think it was that great. It's an average movie, but that's what held my interest. I know a lot of people that reviewed it said they thought it was boring. Next thing I watched was, uh, Kingsman Secret Service. 2014. I enjoy the shit out of this movie. Uh, I want to like the the sequel that's coming out, but it has Channing Tatum in it, so that might not happen. Plus, um, I watched the trailer, and something happens in the trailer that I was like, why the fuck would they put that in the fucking trailer? You know, give me a break. Mark Hamill is in this, and uh, I forgot about that. Uh, Sophia Botella, she plays Gazelle. She has those freaky uh, legs that look like a... um, They look like a sewing machine. If you ever had a sewing class in uh, high school or whatever, 
uh, home ec, we were forced to take that. And I learned how to sew a shirt. And I did it. And our teacher, who was Trudy Williams, who uh, someone had told me had been a stewardess before she became a teacher, was hot. And I asked her lots of questions on how to wear about uh, sewing my shirt so that she would have to bend over my sewing machine and I could look down her shirt. Uh, Michael Kane is in this. Very good. Mark Strong is excellent. Colin Firth is awesome in this. Um, and um, the little young guy. What the fuck's his name? I really liked him. He, he Is that uh, Taron Edgington? Maybe? Uh, he was really good. Um, I guess maybe he's probably related to Joel. But I don't know. But he was excellent in this. The whole movie's good. It's so entertaining. I just fucking loved it. Uh, great use of Casey and the Sunshine Band and Leonard Skinner. <laughs> awesome action in it. Uh, like I said, Colin Firth was just so good in this. I thought he was excellent. Uh, Hell or High Water, 2016. Uh, this is the uh, uh, David McKenzie directed and Taylor Sheridan written movie starring Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges. Uh, watching this for the second time, Jeff Bridges fucking makes the movie for me. He is the best part of this movie. Without Jeff Bridges, it would not have been uh, nearly as good. He was awesome. Jeff Bridges is awesome. And Chris Pine, I just think Chris Pine is really good. Uh, he just has the look. He is Sergeant uh, what? Gutierre from Chips. He's his son, but uh, and Captain uh, Kirk on Star Trek, but he is excellent. Uh, ben Foster, he was all right. Uh, he was uh, also uh, he played the okay in Three Ten to Yuma, the original. Richard Jekyll plays um, Ben Wade's like uh, lieutenant, and in the remake Three Ten to Yuma, Ben Foster plays Russell Crowe's like lieutenant uh, bad guy. Um, Richard Jekyll was better. But um, I, I don't know. Ben Foster's all right. I, I don't know what it is about him. There's something about him that I don't like. I, I, in that goddamn propaganda movie where they jump off the mountain in like uh, Afghanistan 50 times and and uh, get shot 5,000 times and uh, jump and smash into trees with their faces and heads and keep killing headshots uh, over and over and over against Taliban that can't hit anything. How did I get off on that track? Um, I don't know. He was alright in that, but I just don't... I, there's something... About, I'm like Will. I mean, he's not bad. There's just something about him. I, he kind of looks like a rat. His eyes are too close together. Uh, Shaft, 1971. Who is the man that would give his love for the man? Shaft! Can you dig it? He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman. Shaft! He is a bad motherfucker. And let me tell you something about this one, people. This one definitely gave me uh, a lot of nostalgia uh, and uh, kind of uh, took me back in time because I was a little kid when Shaft came out. And I remember how, you know, this movie was just the coolest fucking movie ever. I'm watching it on TV the first time it was shown on TV. And uh, stars Richard Roundtree, Moses Gunn. It also has Boudini Brown from uh, Muhammad Ali's Entourage. He's really good, too. Listen, Shaft, when you come up here to see the man, you be here. 
He was really good. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I love this movie. Richard Roundtree was so good. I agree with Loaf, man. Richard Roundtree could have played Shaft. I guess he did. He played Shaft like about three fucking times. And he actually even played Shaft again in the much lesser cool or... I mean, I don't know. The one with Samuel Jackson, to me, it just didn't get it. I mean... He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman. You just don't, you don't, they don't fucking get it. Richard Roundtree was a cool motherfucker. Richard Roundtree at this time, when Shaft came out, was right up there with like, to me, with like Steve McQueen, Bruce Lee. I mean, he was a cool motherfucker. The way he dressed, the way he acted, he didn't take no shit. And when he, when somebody got in his face, he, sometimes he would like, like laugh in their face, like, you know, but sometimes he would, you know, say, you know, basically just without having to say too many words, you do not want any of this. And they would fucking melt. I mean, not melt, like the women would melt there, you know, especially that, uh, the girl with the ruby, the ruby tits in the bar. That shaft fucks and the, I like when she walks out. Uh, close it, hey, ba- hey, baby, could you close the door? You know, and she's like, close it yourself, shitty. And then the fucking final line in this movie with him when he's talking on the payphone to the uh, police uh, detective. Oh my god, this movie is great. Shaft is great. I could probably watch it every day of the week. Oh my god. Let's see. Next thing I watched was uh, Django Unchained from 2012. Uh, Chris, this is a Quentin Tarantino written and directed movie, and Christoph Waltz is like Jeff Bridges in Hell, uh, from uh, like Hell and High Water. Christoph Waltz is that way in this movie. He carries the movie. He is the main guy. Even though there's a bazillion different people making cameos and stuff in this that I really loved, um, Christoph Waltz is the main guy in this. They may try and make. Jamie Foxx, like Richard Roundtree and Shaft, but Christoph Waltz overshadows everybody in this movie. He is awesome. I will move on. He's awesome. Uh, and uh, Amber Tamblin, Tamblin is in this. I said Russ, Russell Tamblin was in uh, Cimarron with uh, her dad in um, in Cimarron with Glenn Ford. Uh, well, she is in this for like two seconds. Uh, she looks out the window of a whorehouse as they're riding into town, and I'm like, I wonder what the story is behind that. So I looked it up, and uh, apparently, um, because Quentin Tarantino is such a um, movie buff, uh, you know, he knew Russell Tamblin from all these different movies, and uh, so he gave her like just a. She said, "I want to. I want to be in the. I want to be in your movie. I just want to like a, a cameo or whatever." And he was like, "Fuck yeah, you know." So he just put her in there, just standing in the window. She looks out the window, uh, and she was on. Um, I believe she was on uh, House with Hugh Laurie, which was he was in Street Kings. Everything ties together with this shit, you know. It's uh, and then the next movie is a very controversial movie, a very controversial movie that even has gotten people banned from. Movie groups. <laughs> oh, this is what this is one of those times on a solo episode where I wish Loaf was on here with me. I may fucking get on my phone and call him up and say, you know, hey Loaf, we're talking about John Wick too. Uh, you know, what about the controversy? And he'd be like, uh, uh, you know, and I would say something uh, either passive aggressive or, um, 
one of those under undercover comments that nobody should know about except a select handful of people. <laughs> Maybe I should shut up right now. Um, this was uh, directed by Chad Staleski. Uh, writers are Derek Kolstad and Derek Kolstad. <laughs> what are the fucking chances that they got two guys with the same name as writers. Okay, well, it says Derek Kolstad, comma, Derek Kolstad, based on characters created by. So apparently he created John Wick. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, but why would you even need to put his name down twice? Um, it stars Keanu Reeves, Ricardo Scamarxio, Ian McShane. There's got to be some other funny people's names in here. This Ruby Rose, who was really cute, and but... Um, this one didn't get over for me. I okay, there's some people that say they like this one more than the first one. I like the first one way better than this one. Um I did think that this was repetitious. Um I watched it twice. This uh the second time I watched it. I watched it the first time in the theater. Uh, I don't know. Eh, there's just something that I know when I was watching it the first time in the theater, and I thought this the second time, that John Wick is must have Wolverine's adamantium skeleton and healing factor. But then, you know, you get into the whole thing of, okay, it's entertainment, suspend disbelief, and it kind of goes into the same thing as like a Fast and the Furious movies, where how far do you suspend disbelief? And that didn't kill it for me, but... I just thought the first one had a better story. Um, I mean, my God, the, the just the whole, you know, his, about his his wife and his dog, and then um, and then of course uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, Michael Nivkvist, uh, who played the you know the boss bad guy in the first one, uh, and who was. Um, who played uh, the reporter Blumquist in the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo passed away, like uh, 56 years old. Um, that's just awful, and I just really liked him in most of the stuff that I saw him in. And it just it, that's one I'm telling you what people when I saw that t- uh, yesterday or when I got up, I, maybe it was tonight when I got up. Uh, it just fucking threw me for a loop. It's almost like you're in like almost like a state of shock because it's like man, this guy I really like. And it, it was so out of the blue and he was young. I mean, for some of you he might not be young, but for me he's, you know, close getting close to the same age as I am. Um, it's just a bitch, you know. You see somebody that talented and stuff that that passes away at that age. Um, I really enjoyed him in John Wick, the original movie. And like I said, uh, he was just excellent in the um, the girl with the dragon tattoo movies. Um, so that's a sad thing. You know, I just, uh, I had that to bring up, uh, later on, but I, you know, was just thinking about him being in John wick. Um, John wick two. It's good. I, I almost give the first one. I can't remember what I rated it or if, and if we covered it where I rated it, but I would give that one like a fucking, uh, a fucking 10. And I would give this one maybe, a. 6.5. That's just me. I know, like I said, it's one of those ones that people are going to argue about. It's better, or it's just as good, or some people say it sucked. You know, uh, like Keanu Reeves, 
Um, and this one had um, some interesting uh, bad guys. Um, one thing, and I agreed with somebody else on this, I had actually thought the same thing, and when they brought it up on Sylvan Gold, it this kind of reminds me of The Raid and Raid 2. Uh, John Wick The Raid and John Wick 2 Raid 2, where it's in Raid 2, they had all the different, um, you know, the base, baseball guy and or hammer girl and baseball guy and these different kind of villains that had uh, different uh, personalities or different uh, skill sets that were kind of cool. Uh, and that's sort of the way John Wick 2 was, where they had, um, you know, all these different assassins, uh, violin players, sumo wrestler, uh the guy's a bum or whatever you know um and in the same instance with raid one and two i kind of rate them sort of the same way raid one i would give it a really you know top-notch rating in raid two it was almost like a different um a different animal and uh a little bit lesser a little bit more cartoonish or comic bookish i guess i would say cartoonish kind of gives a more of like a negative thing you know, it's all a cartoon you know but uh, more comic bookish next thing i watched we're getting there people uh oh hell we're getting up the list we're we're in the we're in the in the last quarter here uh 1990s the grifters um directed by stephen frears uh this is a jim thompson novel based on jim thompson novel screenplay by donald e westlake stars angelica houston john cusack and annette benning um this is a good movie. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. This was a movie that kind of put uh, Annette Benning on the, uh, you know, uh, in the public eye. And then later on, she married Warren Beatty, and she oh, was in Bugsy with him. And then kind of, they got married, and she kind of uh, her acting career kind of, I guess probably by design. You know, she that's probably how they she wanted it. You know, she didn't do as much, if anything. Uh, she kind of fell off the planet Earth, and uh, uh, you know, which is cool if that's what you want to do. Uh, this is really good. Um, it's about uh, uh, John Cusack is kind of a low-budget uh, uh, con man who does like little, you know, cons just to just to get by to make some money. Uh, nothing major, just a few dollars here and there. Um, his mother is someone who is also in that kind of business but she works for a um uh, uh you know the boss villain kind of guy um and she has a specific thing that she does at the racetrack to like kind of even up uh, odds for the mafia, I guess, sort of like, or some kind of organized crime, the outfit, maybe. Um, and Annette Benning is John Cusack's girlfriend, and she is sort of a little, little shady little puss herself, and uh, has just a cute little body on her. And, you know, you can see how she can manipulate guys, including her big fat landlord, <laughs> when he wants the rent. Um, but this is a, a really kind of a dark, kind of a noir movie from the um from the uh i wouldn't say bad guy side but just the from the criminal side uh angelica houston is is very good in this and there are some uh, 
I wouldn't say confusing, but some... Kay Parker-ish kind of things going on here. <laughs> Maybe, you know. Uh, anyway, The Grifters, it's good. That's one to check out. Oot. Very good movie. Uh, this is a, now this is a, a when I talk about a, a gem or a diamond in the rough that, you know, never heard of that I, I found on YouTube. Um, it is uh, called The Diamond Mercenaries from 1976, also known as, and this is what I, when I saw it, what it was called, Killer Force, directed by Val Guest, and it was written by Michael Winner, um, and uh, stars Telly Savalas, Peter Fonda, Hugh O'Brien, uh, O.J. Simpson, Maude Adams. This is a fucking good fucking movie. Uh, good action, um, heist kind of movie with an all-star cast, kind of one of those 70s movies that I, like I said, never heard of, and I, I don't know uh, if it fell off the planet Earth or whatever. It says, uh, I think it was made in West Germany. It looks like it was a, or it was a, probably a West German film crew, but I think it was made in uh, in Africa because uh, there's a lot of desert stuff, and uh, I don't think there's many deserts in Germany. Um, uh, kind of like a South African kind of thing. And it also has, um, what's his face? What the hell's that motherfucker's name? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm drawing a complete blank for, uh, God damn it, Christopher Lee. Jesus, with a big mustache. And I really like, he's right there. I see him now. Okay, um, yeah, watch this. And um, when I was watching this on YouTube, I was telling somebody on Silver and Gold, man, this is one I would love to see them put out a Blu-ray of. And well, guess what? There is a fucking Blu-ray out of it. So somebody found it, put it out on Blu-ray, and on. if you find it on just a regular disc, it's usually in a um, uh, one of those collect- collection ones that has two or three different movies on it. I listed them on the group. So, I mean, if you want to go on there and, and see, you know, uh, I think one of them was like Brannigan with John Wayne, and uh, I can't remember what the other one. Uh, there's somewhere there's three movies, and then there's somewhere there's just two. But definitely... Um, this is one that I, uh, I mean, it's still like $18, but I almost plunked down $18 to buy this on blue. It's that good. I loved it. Um, next thing was another diamond that I found in the, uh, haystack needle, haystack diamond, diamond stick pin, uh, Sebastian from 1968, directed by David Green. It was written by Leo Marks, the original screenplay, um, Starring Dirk Bogard, who, again, if you listen to the show, podcast, um, have, I have become a big fan of, uh, and Susan York, uh, did not know anything about this, did not know what it was about, and when I first started watching it, I thought it was going to be kind of a, uh, uh, maybe a comedy or something, but it is not. Um, this is a pretty good um, spy-ish kind of movie. Uh, Dirk Bogart uh, runs. Um, if you watch like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you know they called the uh, the uh, Secret Service uh, the circus. I would say this falls right into that uh, kind of um, into that um, that world. I could easily see George Smiley, you know, being involved with these people, or or uh, that Jean Jean. Uh, John, I always want to say Jean and pronounce it in French, but it's actually John Lacare. I could see him being involved uh, in this movie or him writing a character like this. Um, Sebastian is a guy that um, he 
runs a division of the circus, I'll say the Secret Service or whatever, and um, they're code breakers. And all the people that work for him are women. And so it's him and all these women. And it does have a, a certain uh, amount of kind of like a mod kind of early 60s or kind of like a, a 60s kind of a mod uh, British thing. Uh, as far as the look and some of the stuff that they do, but um, it's really good. It's got some some really good stuff in it. It's got a little bit of. It's kind of got a little bit of a lighthearted feel in in a spy genre thing. But I liked it, and Dirk Bogart is good in everything. Everything I've seen him in. So you know. I don't know if that's a bold statement or not. He was a good actor. Uh, in 2016, I said it before, Deadpool, uh, when I was talking about uh, Rupture. Uh, this movie is pretty fucking entertaining, and it's just entertaining enough that they they keep Deadpool's character just on the verge of being annoying, but not so far that he is annoying, more uh, funny and entertaining. Um, everybody in this is good. I like the guy that plays, um, oh, God damn it, what's his buddy's name? A weasel. <laughs> TJ Miller plays Weasel. I've seen him on some uh, talk late night talk shows, and he's a pretty fucking strange, hipster, funny guy. Uh, of course, um, uh, Marina. Uh, Baccarin, who plays Vanessa, is just smoking fucking hot in everything she's in. Um, I love uh, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, Brianna Hildebrand, and um, um, Ajax, or Francis, I'm sorry, uh, is such a piece of shit that he's a, he's a great villain. He's a total piece of shit. Colossus is great, even though he is CGI. The guy, Stefan Kaparikic, uh, is got the you know, and then uh, of course, what's her name is um, oh goddamn, of course, you know they always they always say, like on this son of a bitch IMDb like one of the main people they won't put it on the first fucking screen then I draw a goddamn blank and then I can't remember um the MMA uh chick uh, and her name and I love her and that's why I can't remember it's like it's what makes it even worse is when you can't remember somebody. Just because you're having a uh, a brain fucking fart, and that is Gina Carano. I didn't even have to see it, and then it came to me. I don't know how the brain works. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I guess you have to you have to be punished to the point of your mutant powers coming out. Uh, the next thing is 1956's Bob La Flambeur or Bob the Gambler, and this is a Jean-Pierre Melville written and directed movie starring uh, Roger uh, Duchesne. Uh, I'm sorry, Duquesne, Duchesne, Du Asane, <laughs> Isabelle Coré, and uh, Daniel Chaussé. Um, as I said on the group, I think one of the attractions of this, just in the back of my mind, that that makes me like this movie is that uh, Roger Duchamp, Duchamp, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name is, <laughs> looks like Freddie Blassie, the uh, King of Men uh, from wrestling. Uh, I love this movie. I could watch it a million times. I bought it. I have it on my iTunes. Uh, it's black and white. It's just an awesome fucking movie. Um, criminal underworld again, a noir, uh, Fred Blassie is a gambler. (laughs) 
and they come up with a scheme and there's a young girl who's in this that uh kind of um even he's like me even though he knows he's old and uh you know kind of uh he still sees you know this a uh, young girl and uh she kind of i don't know kind of can wrap him around her little finger and he doesn't even try anything because he knows, you know, whatever. But um, it's just a fucking good movie. Bob Laflambeur. Watch this movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's excellent. I may watch it again today. Next thing I watched uh, in in preparation for the sequel is 1996's uh, Train Spotting. Uh, this is a Danny Boyle movie uh, written and directed, or I'm sorry, uh, written by John Hodge. Uh, the novel is by Irvin Welsh. Stars Ewan McGregor, Ewan Bremer, Johnny Lee Miller, who was Angelina Jolie's first husband. I always say that. I don't know why. That's something in the back of my head. Oh, such a cutie times ten. Kelly McDonald, who was um, Llewellyn Moss's uh, wife in No Country for Old Men, is in this. I didn't. Re- I've seen this before, but of course, when I saw it the first time, I, uh, No Country for Old Men wasn't even made so i didn't know who she was and then when i was watching it i was like holy shit that's fucking llewellyn moss's um wife and in this one um, what did i just say somebody oh uh in um the first time i committed suicide is that what that movie was called or was it the last time I committed, the last time i committed suicide i said thomas jane was fucking uh this 15 uh, year old girl gretchen mall in that movie or or uh, neil cassidy was the character well in this one uh uh renton who's played by Ed mcgregor uh finds himself in a similar circumstance <laughs> you gotta love that it reminds me so much of like fucking animal house when uh um uh, not boone let's see there was otter boone Pinto. Pinto uh, meets the girl at the fucking uh, frat house, fucks the shit out of her, puts her in a shopping cart, takes her home, and finds out she's like fucking 12 or something. <laughs> That's not funny. Anyway, uh, it's not funny if it was your daughter. I'll tell you that. Um, anyway, this is such a good movie. And I want to see the sequel that just came out. I thought the trailer looked good, but I also kind of almost don't want to see it. Because I hope they didn't fuck it up. I like this movie. It's good. And it's, um, oh, Robert Carlyle's fucking one of those friends that I think everybody has that you don't know how they're your friend and you really don't even like them. But he's good. Uh, He was also good in Ravenous. And in the Samuel Jackson movie, Formula. 51 or 54 or some shit like that. Whatever. Anyway, Hardcore Henry. Watch that one again. 2015. This is a Ilya Nasjuller uh, written and directed movie. Um, and it stars uh, Charlotte Copley, Tim Roth, Haley Bennett, and I believe Ilya uh, Nasjuller. Uh, I believe he actually plays Henry, but uh, he wears a GoPro, some GoPro cameras, so you never see him. Well, you see him one time when um, he sees his reflection in a broken piece of mirror. Uh, Charto Copley is another one. I love him. Uh, he is awesome. Um, this is um, the, one of those movies that, like, when I was watching it this time, this is the second time I've seen it, um, almost like Deadpool, where I said, like, a Ryan Reynolds' character is annoying, but they walk that tightrope, 
they don't go over the line with him being annoying, so it works. It's the same way with this as far as it being a, a video game movie. There were points in time where I'm like, okay, I want to watch it. This is just like watching somebody play a fucking first-person video game, but it's so entertaining that I don't care. It's like they're walking that tightrope. They could have easily went over, and that's all it is. And it's, uh, But uh, Charlto Copley and all his doppelgangers are entertaining enough that it it definitely uh, keeps you going. And it's got some... And, and it reminded me of um, the violence in this also reminds me a lot of um, Kingsman, The Secret Service, where it's brutal, but it's almost done in a funny way. You know, it's so, it's entertaining. It's not, you know, you're not sitting there going, oh my God, you know, you're like laughing at a lot of the stuff. And the guy that plays the villain uh, is a piece of shit. I don't know. Yuri, is that Yuri? No, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck, I can't remember what his name was, but he's that blonde albino motherfucker. It is. He's like I said. It's one of those ones that the that motherfucker uh, where you're playing a video game and you get to the one guy that you're trying to get to, and all he does he's got like telekinesis, and he just looks at you and just goes whoop with his arm, which I'm going whoop with my arm right now, and you go flying through the air, and then you have to start all over. And it's got some hot chicks in it too, especially when he goes to the um, uh, kind of like the whorehouse thing, and all the chicks are wearing the black latex and the uh, blonde. Uh, kind of bob, whatever you want to call it, haircuts. Next thing I watched is 2016 Split. M. Night Shyamalan. Written by M. Night Shyamalan? I always want to say Shyamalan. I guess it's just Shyamalan. I guess you don't say the Y because everybody says Shyamalan a ding dong, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, James McAvoy, Anya Taylor-Joy, Haley Lou Richardson. Um, I saw the trailer for this when it first was coming out and I thought okay you know James McAvoy looks so creepy in this and I think it's going to be a torture porn movie I'm not going to go see this but then I heard some rumors about um, what this was I didn't know it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie and then after people saw it and I heard that it was related to another movie and some other characters I thought fuck man I want to see this now dig it and so I watched it and I liked it. It wasn't what I expected. It wasn't, uh, you know, the over-the-top killing, torture, rape movie that I thought it was going to be. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought the, uh, I really enjoyed the interaction with McAvoy's character and the uh, psychiatrist. I thought that was really good. Betty Buckley. Betty Buckley? Wasn't she on a fucking TV show that I used to watch? <laughs> I'm talking with that goddamn fucker. Am I learning something here or what? What the hell was she in? She was on a TV show. Betty Buckley. Ryan's Hope. I used to watch that uh, soap opera. Eight is enough. Well, goddamn. Abby Bra. Okay, yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. Hell, that was a long time ago, dude. And eight is enough to fill our family home. Mother Freaker. I cannot believe that that's who that is. Let me. I, I want to look up a picture of her, and I'm going to post it. Uh, Google. Eight is enough. If you had that many kids, give me a break. Your freaking vagina would be falling. Your uterus. Okay, there she. Okay, Betty Buckley. 
Alrighty, yeah, let me find her. Come on, I want to see how hot she was back then. She was hot! And now she's, you know, she was uh, Van Patten, uh, Dick Van Patten's uh, wife in that. I did not know that was her. I am pleasantly surprised. That is cool. Um, and she's been in a, her her uh, IMDb is fucking uh, as long as my uh, leg. So anyway, that's a, but Split's a good movie. I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining. And I uh, can't wait to see what they're going to do with that. Now this next one. Uh, 2013's The Railway Man, uh, Colin Firth. He's the reason that I watched this, because I watched Kingsman, and I was like, man, I really like him, and I like the movie that I watched here not that long ago where he was the gay uh, college professor. I can't remember the name of it, and I'm not going to look it up. Uh, and had the Beast from uh, X-Men in it. Um, not Kelsey Grammer, the young Beast. Uh, Railway Man is a big recommend for from the Doctor's Alm. Check this out. It is very good. Knew nothing about it. Nicole Kidman and Stellan Skarsgård are the uh, co-stars. Um, like I said, I knew nothing about this. Um, it's a fucking good movie. I'll just say that. Not going to tell you anything about it. Didn't know anything about it myself. Check it out. Watch it. Let me know what you think. Next thing I watched was a Charlie Siskel uh, written and directed movie. Um Called Amer- it's a documentary called American Anarchist from 2016. This is on Netflix, and I want to tell people this. Uh, now on Netflix, they have a certain amount of movies. If you are on your app, on your iPad or whatever tablet or whatever you have, go up in the right corner on the menu, click, and it'll say downloadable movies, and you can download uh, movies from this list of movies. They have different ones, dramas, comedies, documentaries, TV shows. And you can download them directly to your device in case you work or you're in a place where there is no Wi-Fi and you don't have any internet connection. Uh, It's like getting stuff from iTunes, but for free. And uh, it's limited and they add and take stuff off there, which is cool. Um, It's not the entire Netflix collection, but there's some good stuff on there. And this is one of them. American Anarchist is a documentary about um, William Powell who, when he was 19 years old, wrote The Anarchist Cookbook, which is a famous book uh, and has become more famous and more infamous as a lot of the terrorism and uh, mass shootings and stuff like that uh, are going on because, like uh, Catcher in the Rye, you know, when Dylan Klebolt or some of these dumb fucks that go and shoot up a place or blow up something or this stuff, uh, they go to their house and or on their possession and they find the anarchist cookbook and basically what that book was was uh william powell who was very disillusioned with the american government during the vietnam war and uh the nixon administration lbj and nixon uh, uh, went to the library and decided to write a book found all these military books that were just out on the shelves that you could just get and it tells how to torture people and how to make bombs out of everyday things and how to make a garrote and a silencer and uh, guerrilla tactics like uh, American guerrilla in the Philippines and counterinsurgency stuff and uh, psychological warfare and all kinds of shit. So anyway, uh, some people say it's something that should not be out there. Um, Unlike Catcher in the Rye, Catcher in the Rye is something that you know they have found on some people that have tried to kill the president and stuff, shit like that. 
you'll see the movie uh, with Mel Gibson, Conspiracy, and Julia Roberts. You know, he was obsessed with it. Um, that's almost like a book that uh, it's a piece of literature. I can read it, and it doesn't make me want to go out and do anything like that. But uh, these dumb fucks that, or I shouldn't even say dumb. Some of them are dumb fucks. Some of them are just mentally ill. Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, they would be inspired by a bologna sandwich. Maybe. Uh, Anarchist Cookbook is a how-to book on how to do this stuff. Um, in the hands of the wrong people, a stick of dynamite in, say, my hands, I'm going to be like, I'm going to go take this to the police station and or whoever and turn it in because I don't, number one, don't need a stick of dynamite, have no use for it. But in the hands of a, an idiot or moron or somebody who has a cause, I shouldn't even say that because there are people that have just causes that, you know, but I don't think violence, you know, I don't know. It depends on what side of the fence you fall on. Uh, of course, there, there's going to be times where violence is necessary. Do you call the American gorilla in the Philippines a terrorist? Well, the Japanese probably did. Uh, or the IRA, or, uh, you know, remember, remember the whatever of November, you know, the, those are the 6th or 5th of November, the... Uh, what the hell was it? Gunplot tree... Or gun- I'm fucking losing my mind. The gunpowder treason and plot. Uh, seem to remember the gunpowder treason. Uh, never be forgot, but I forgot. So anyway, um, you know what do they always say? One one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Just depends on what side you're falling on. But uh, you know, somebody that goes to a high school and throws pipe bombs and shoots up a bunch of you know kids, fuck them. Um, you know, whatever. This is a good movie, though. American Anarchist, 2016. It's on Netflix. Instant watch and available for download. Uh, another one uh, that is, and some of these you're going to see, immediately I started downloading shit from Netflix. Uh, 2017, Small Crimes, uh, written by, or directed by E.L. Katz, um, uh, written by um, Macon Blair did the screenplay, and E.L. Katz also did, worked on the screenplay. Uh, this is a, um, a Netflix original, uh, Small Crimes, and it stars Nicolaj Coster Waldo, <laughs> Robert Forrester, who has the worst hair uh, fucking plug implants I've ever seen in my life, uh, and why he doesn't let them grow out. He tries to cut it down really short, and it just looks awful. Ugh, what did he do to himself? Uh, where uh, he needs to fucking? I mean, like Jackie Brown, he looked pretty good. I don't know what he's doing, but anyway, sorry about Robert. I love Robert Forrester, and I, you know, I hey, I I'm for if somebody wants to go get boob implants or hair implants or uh, a nose job or get their fucking crow's feet taken off or their turkey neck or whatever, you know, hey man, more power to you. Do what you got to do. That's your business. Tattoos, anything like that. But um, yeah, he he did not get a good job. But I think he got his. There was a movie. I don't know if it was Alligator. Crocodile or whatever the fuck that movie was where you could really tell he was young and his hair was really starting to fall out and I think he got his done way back when and uh, Brad Davis had the same thing and in in his uh, 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 autobiography that his um, wife wrote um, after he died uh, she said that you know he went and had this hair transplant thing done back in the day like probably back in the 70s or 80s 
and they just fucked it up and the hair went in all different directions and it was just horrible and he, it was painful and everything and i think nowadays it's it's a lot more um the way they do it is different it's better and it's different and they were t- they talk about like doing the uh you know uh they just do the each one follicle at a time or something um and um but Robert Forster's hair transplants look awful. Um, how do I fucking get off on that? Uh, Small Crimes. It's this is kind of a neo noir movie, um, and it's very uh, gritty and dirty and nasty. Nasty as shit. <laughs> Gary Cole is in this too. Um, now this guy, uh, Nicolaj Coster Waldo. I don't know where he's from, but with a handle like that, it can't be a. America, but he seems like he's speaking English, and he seems like he's American. But uh, he's going to be in that new movie about the the prison uh, getting the prison gang thing, like uh, Aryan Brotherhood or whatever. It looks really good. But um, this is—I don't know if this is the first thing I've seen him in. I probably have seen him in something else. But uh, this was pretty good. It's not great, but it's it's worth a watch. And like I said, it's nasty. I mean, they 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 don't hold anything back as far as it being uh, really gritty and violent and mean. It's mean, is what I want to say. Um, <coughs> 2012 Samaritan. I'm sorry, The Samaritan. Well, I've seen the box cover art to this a bunch of times, Samuel L. Jackson, but I didn't watch it and put it off and put it off and put it off. And uh, Then I saw Tom Wilkins. Uh, Tom Wilkinson was in it. Um and I like him, so I wanted to watch it. It's again a freebie for download on Netflix, and it's a good movie. It's it's not great, but it's a uh, it's kind of goes along the lines of the movie Grifters as far as uh, well, sort of like that. Uh, Grifters doesn't go for the big long con thing. It's more along I think more along the lines of that movie with Andy Garcia and. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Rachel Weiss. Uh, don't remember the name of that one, but sort of like that where uh, the guy gets involved. He doesn't want to do it. He's a con man, but doesn't want to get involved uh, and gets drugged back in. Almost like, you know, just when I get out, they drag me back in uh, deal. And um, it has a tenuous link to the movie Old Boy. And if you watch it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And I believe the girl that plays uh, the main girl in this, Ruth Niga, Naga, I think she is in Preacher. Yeah, she's in Preacher, uh, which I really like her in that, and she's very good in this too. Um, so anyway, this one's worth checking out. Like I said, it's a freebie, so you don't have to, you're not gonna have to pay anything on Netflix. Just download it. They download pretty quick too, so I will say that. Uh, sometimes on uh, iTunes, maybe it's because maybe it's my computer being old or whatever, and it depends on if you rent or buy how fast they download on there. Next thing I watched is another uh, Netflix original, I believe. Um, it's another one of those freebies that you can download on Netflix. It's called S is for Stanley from 2015, and uh, directed by Alex Ifarcielli and written by Alex Farcielli, this documentary. It's about uh, this guy that, uh, by circumstance, becomes... Um, Stanley Kubrick's... 
like chauffeur driver, but then becomes like his friend gopher and uh, confidant and everything. It's really cool because the guy saved all this stuff that uh, memorabilia and stuff that Stanley Kubrick had given him or that he had kept from uh, movie sets and everything. And he just talks about uh, like meeting Ryan O'Neill for the first time or working on this movie and that movie and how Stanley Kubrick was. And, you know, they both had a love for cars. Um, it's, it's a good documentary. I really enjoyed that one. And we're getting down to the last two daddy Let's see how much time we've been going here. Oh, not even two hours. My God, I am flying. I'm flying. I'm flying. Okay, next documentary I watched, another Netflix uh, free download, and it's on Netflix uh, Instant Watch, if you want to watch it on your television. Um, the 7-5. The uh, movie poster says Precinct uh, uh, 7-5, but the, the it was just called The 7-5. 2014 documentary uh, by director... Tiller Russell. Um, this stars Ken. Oh, well, I shouldn't say it stars anybody because it's a documentary. Um, if you like Serpico, if you like uh, Prince of the City, uh, if you like Street Kings with Keanu Reeves, they, the uh, the movie um, kind of goes along the same lines as all that. This is, um, which of course Serpico was a true story about New York City police corruption. Prince of the City was a true story about New York City police corruption. And this documentary is about uh, these cops. As, uh, uh, one specific one is the main guy, uh, and then all the people around him and all the stuff they did. Um, kind of Prince of the City has a kind of a Prince of the City feel to it, if you like that movie with Treat Williams. This is a definite. Uh, 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 recommend. I believe Samurai just posted uh, last night that he watched it and he really liked it too. And well, I watched for a second time The Siege of Jodadville uh, in, from 2016. Now, when I first watched this, I had not watched Fifty Shades of Grey or Fifty Shades Darker. Um, this is a uh, Netflix original movie uh, directed by Richie Smythe. Or Smith, Smythe, uh, S-M-Y-T-H. Uh, the writers are Kevin uh, Bordbin and Declan Power. It is based on his book. Um, it's about uh, an Irish uh, group of soldiers under UN command uh, in Africa. In uh, ooh, the uh, is it Congo. Yeah, it's in the Congo and uh, Jodotville. They always named all their. It's like they had Elizabethville, Stanleyville, uh, Jodotville. Um, so it takes place um, in the 60s during. Um, put it this way if you liked Dogs of War, if you liked Wild Geese and some of these mercenary movies like that, uh, you will like this. Um, Sort of takes place around the, the same time as all the, the you know the Congolese. If you like the song "Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner" by Warren Zevon, you will like this movie. If you like a good war action movie based on a true story, uh, you will like this movie. Now, the one thing that I did find was is when I first saw it, I thought, "Man, this is so good! Oh, it's really good!" You know, I liked it. Then I watched Fifty Shades of Grey and Fifty Shades Darker, and I thought, "Man, this guy sucks." The main actor 
in this, the male lead, is horrible. The guy that plays Christian Grey. He sucks. He's horrible. And then I watched this the other night, and I thought, man, I wanna, I'm going to look up the, the guy that plays the, the lead in this. Uh, he's so good. Uh, plays uh, uh, Pat Quinlan, who was a real real car- real guy. Uh, and I looked it up, and it's this Jamie Dornan. And I thought, who, okay, what's it, what the hell is he in? I look on IMDb, and he was the lead in Fifty Shades of Grey and Fifty Shades Darker. And I'm like, okay. So this tells me right now that it was the writing and or the directing, or both, yeah, uh, in those movies that sucked because this guy was good. In this movie, he is excellent. He is awesome. And I want to see him... Now, maybe it's because he is playing... But, you know, I don't even think... It wasn't like any kind of accent thing or anything in those two movies. Because he plays an Irishman in this one and, you know, has more of an Irish accent and everything. But it's not that. It's the source material. Now, Dakota Johnson, like I said, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I thought she sucked. But I'm going to see if I see her in something else. And hopefully she will prove to me that she is better than those two movies. This movie is good. A lot of Merc stuff, a lot of action, just combat, uh, realistic combat. Um, kind of one of those, well, it's called this, the Siege at uh, Jadotville, and it is a siege movie. Uh, if you like the movie Zulu with Michael Caine and Stanley Baker, it's kind of like one of those movies. Overwhelming odds. Uh, well, I just was talking about that... Uh, movie with Mark Wahlberg, Ben Foster and um, that was based on that kind of some people might say uh, well I didn't read that book either so maybe the book uh, was more realistic and better because you know you see it says based on a true story and they put a lot of stuff in it that is over the top to make it more um, Lone Survivor but uh, the uh, make it more dramatic or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I've looked up some stuff about Lone Survivor and guys that went in there after the fact and said that, you know, a lot of the stuff that was in that movie was bullshit. You know, they didn't find... There wasn't as many Taliban. They didn't find all these bodies. And, you know, even the way that this... What went down that caused everything to happen wasn't what happened. So I don't know, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody and only the people that were there know what happened and everything, but it came off like a really propaganda thing to me, but that's just my opinion. So anyway, um, that's about all I have. I went through it pretty quick. I thought it was going to be even longer. We're getting to be almost two hours. So I'm going to go ahead and shut down. Uh, hopefully loaf and I will be back with a, uh, a uh, proper episode. I just thought I wanted to put this solo one out because I had watched so much stuff and, you know, I like talking about it and letting you guys know uh, other than just on the group where you can only... A lot of times on the group, I'll post something and people might be like, oh, you know, so I'll post a picture of this, but he didn't say anything about it, didn't talk about it. I do that just because I'm like, okay, I watched this, but I don't want to talk about it as much on the group because I want to talk about it on the podcast. So... You know, like I said, I watched a whole bunch of stuff, and we haven't recorded in a while. There's some stuff that has went on, or possibly, you know, kind of our schedules and stuff like that that have thrown things out of whack again. Uh, but I had watched so much stuff, and I, while they were, some of them were still at least fresh in my memory, and or 
there's a little bit of a spark that I can kind of goose my memory back into existence about something I watched like uh, a month ago. Uh, I wanted to talk about them, get them down, and let you guys have something to listen to. So anyway, there's some good stuff out there. Check out that Netflix download thing. Um, it's they work. It works good. Like I said, they download pretty quick. And um, um, keep watching movies, reading comic books, watching that stupid wrestling, hockey, whatever turns you on. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be back here shortly. Ciao!